Welcome to the third season of Better News, a series of special podcasts It's All Journalism is producing in partnership with the American Press Institute. I'm your host, Michael O'Connell. Better News offers strategies and case studies to help transform newsrooms. The effort is fueled by API and the Knight Lenfest News Initiative. The goal of this podcast series is to highlight some of the useful research API has published as part of its Better News Initiative. Randy Stevenson is an executive producer at the San Antonio Express News. She and Joy Marie Scott and Chris Quinn wrote an article for Better News back in November about how the Express News used a COVID-19 timeline to drive subscriptions. Randy, welcome to Better News. Thank you for having me. So how did you get interested in journalism and how did you end up in uh, San Antonio? Well, I am originally from Northern California. Went to school at Arizona State. After that, I went where anybody was hiring journalists. And at the time, that meant Omaha, Nebraska. So I was there for two years and then moved on to the Chicago Tribune and was in Chicago for six years. And my now husband and I were just kind of looking for some warm weather and ended up in San Antonio last September. So we've been uh, in San Antonio and I've been at the Express News for about a year and a half. And we love it. It's a great newsroom and a great city. I love Chicago, but not a big fan of Chicago weather. So I think you probably made the right decision. Yep. Yep. We lucked out. So what was the Express News initial response to covering the pandemic? So our story is is interesting because kind of our first experience with coronavirus and the first stories that we were publishing about it in San Antonio were about evacuees coming to our Air Force base. So we got COVID evacuees from Wuhan, China and from the Princess cruise ship. And they brought them to Lackland Air Force Base to quarantine for 14 days. And that was our big story. Like we had our, our photographers were on the runway as they were deboarding the plane. And we were just kind of following these passengers as they were quarantined on our Air Force Base. And at the time that seemed like it was all it was gonna be, right? Well, that was naive. I mean, of course, within you know a couple of weeks after that, we got community spread. And so as soon as that started happening, I mean, I think we were like every other newsroom, we just jumped on it. I mean, we rearranged reporters for, you know, we pulled reporters off of certain beats so they could cover COVID. It was kind of all hands on deck. And it's funny, you look back and I'm like looking back at the timeline and, you know, the mayor would come out and he was like, oh my gosh, there's, there's 20 new coronavirus cases. And it's like, you know, we haven't had that number in months. And so, like I said, we kind of, our story in San Antonio started with the evacuees at the Air Force Base and then just kind of took off from there. It's pretty incredible. I mean, now that we're all old veterans of covering COVID, it's tough to get, <laughs> it's tough to get, you know, excited or, you know, shocked with some of the numbers that come out because it, it, for the longest period, it was just, you know, it, it just kept increasing, increasing. So what were some of the problems that you guys were trying to address when you put together your COVID-19 timeline? I think a couple things, you know, just our readers, they just wanted so much information. And we had, you know, a, a dozen stories about COVID publishing on any given day, whether it was the case count or a lockdown or what schools were doing or, you know, right, we had all these reporters writing all these stories. And so they were kind of scattered throughout the website and a really dedicated reader could go through and read all 10 of those stories. We really needed a way to wrap it all together for readers who maybe didn't have the time or the wherewithal to read 10 different stories. And so that was kind of the one, one of the challenges we were trying to solve was just condensing the information in a really digestible, easy to read, 
literally you could bookmark this link. Like it couldn't be simpler. That kind of gives you the rundown of what the heck is happening in San Antonio with coronavirus on any given day. So there was that just kind of compiling the info in one place. The second challenge was just speed. I mean, things were happening so quickly that a normal story in our newsroom, it starts in our print system by the reporter and then it gets edited and then it gets pushed to our online system and then that gets posted. And, you know, there's like five different steps to get something online and we needed something quicker than that. And so timeline originates in our CMS and it basically gives producers the keys. I mean, producers are the ones that can open it up, plug in a sentence and press publish and it's online. And so you know, as far as like being competitive and things like that, it just gave us an edge because we kind of cut out all the middle steps that we normally take when we publish a story and just put it straight in into producers' hands. So we were quicker than I think we had been in the past. Can you describe what the timeline looked like and what tool did you use to create it? Sure. So it could not have been simpler. It's literally just an article file in our CMS. So nothing fancy, no fancy tools or programs. We have since created one that's a lot prettier and and jazzier, but for the original timeline, we didn't wanna have to train anybody with HTML code or do anything crazy. We just wanted it to be easy. So it's an article in our CMS, but the way that it looks is, you know, you've got your headline on the top, you've got a a robust photo gallery, and then it's literally just dateline, timestamp, one sentence, dateline, timestamp, one sentence you know, each entry can range anywhere from, you know, one to three sentences max. I think at the peak of the, you know, at the peak of the pandemic, you know, March 23rd is when our city shut down. I think we were probably adding five to 10 entries a day at the very beginning. And then kind of toward the end, we were, you know, it's like one a day maybe, but it was nice. I mean, the fact that it was just an article file in the back end meant any producer on, you know, whoever was working on any shift could go in and, and kind of update it as it made sense. You know, there wasn't a limit and there also wasn't this pressure to have like 20 entries a day. It sounds like a live blog, you know, something you create for covering a special event or, totally. or like elections or something. Very simple, but incredibly effective. And we actually duplicated the format for the Black Lives Matter protests over the summer. I think we had our our live blog, which was the same format as the timeline running for about 48 hours. And that one had a few more photos and tweets and things like that. But I mean, yeah, it's just it's such a simple, simple format. So how did your uh, audience react to that and how do they utilize it? We were shocked (laughs) at the response, quite frankly. At first, we had opened it up. There was no paywall on it, which is what a lot of news outlets did with their COVID coverage. So it was totally free to anybody. And it was still generating more digital starts than any other piece of content on any other day. So sheer volume of traffic, it was, I mean, for months, our top story, just the sheer number of visits, people coming to the timeline. And then, like I said, we were shocked at how many digital subscriptions it was driving, considering that it was free. Now, part of that is we were promoting the heck out of it on social. It was in every single one of our newsletters. It was basically front and center, you know, on our breaking bar on our homepage for the better half of six months. So it got you know, it was getting more eyeballs than any other piece of content, but you could tell that people who had maybe never come to express news before, who were desperate for information, were seeing this timeline and coming back to it and using it and eventually willing to, you know, pay us for it. And I hesitate to say this, but the great thing about COVID was that from a journalist's perspective, it showed the value of local news because COVID 
was really, it was nationwide, but it was really consumed as a local story. People wanted to, to find out where the test sites were, what the number of cases, what the number of deaths were, and now they want to know where, where they can sign up to get vaccinated. Exactly. Our traffic to expressnews.com year over year from 2019 to 2020, we had like a 60% increase in just sheer traffic to the site. And I know we're not alone. You know, I talked to people at Tribune and things like that. It was just people in their local markets. They just, they couldn't get enough of it. You know, they, they needed that information. Now, I know you mentioned a paywall. Can you sort of describe the Express News's uh, financial setup? You said there's a print element as well and a paywall, I guess, on the main site. So how does that all work together? You know, we obviously have our seven-day-a-week, our printed product. You know, Sundays are our biggest day for print subscribers. And then we have our digital-only subscription option. So if you don't want to get the print paper, you could become a digital-only subscriber. If you do get the print paper, you're also automatically getting your digital subscription for free. And then, you know, it's funny, we actually made a couple paywall changes within the time frame of the pandemic. And so what we launched the timeline with actually ended up with a different paywall than kind of what we ended with. At the time, I believe we were two free reads in DMA. So if you're in San Antonio, you got two free reads. I believe out of DMA was one free read. We have since pulled that back. So our paywall is a little tighter now. You have these subscriptions. I mean, did that sort of peak or is that sort of continued at a, a particular level as we've gotten further into the pandemic? Yeah, I mean, we, we saw kind of with traffic and digital subs, a peak in those peak months, right? I said, uh, what was it? March 23rd is kind of when the city shut down, the mayor said everything was closing. That was our highest day, week, month for traffic ever in the history of Express News. And so March, April, May were kind of peak for traffic and subs. We have since come down a little bit, but we're still in great shape compared to like 2019 and, and like the first couple of months of 2020. I mean, you can just kind of tell that people who had maybe never come to us before came to us during the pandemic. And our goal was to just keep them, right? Keep them around as readers and turn them into digital subscribers. And I think we've done a pretty good job. We're actually off to a really good start in 2021, not to get ahead of ourselves, but we've kind of, you know, we had the timeline last year that was our big success. And this year we have a very simple, again, just in an article template, vaccine FAQ. Basically, if you're in San Antonio, where can I go to get the vaccine on any given day? And we have a reporter dedicated to it and we just update the blurbs and we are seeing the same success with that as far as traffic and digital starts as we did with our timeline, which is awesome. How long do you think you're to be continuing the timeline? Just sort of describe that you adapted it with the change of the story, which is the vaccine. But, you know, how long do you think this will go on? Well, you know, it's funny. So when it became clear that we were they were starting to distribute the vaccine in San Antonio, our first reaction was we need a timeline. My God, we need a timeline. And it kind of tanked. It just didn't have the same there clearly just wasn't the same appetite for vaccine news and timeline form as there was originally. And so we kept that going, the vaccine timeline. And it had things like, all right, Texas is getting X number of doses. Bear County and San Antonio are getting X number of doses. All right, here's when we think it'll be available at the major grocery store chain. You know, it was kind of updates like that. It just, it just did not take off like the COVID one did. So we had that one for, oh gosh, maybe three weeks or so and we kind of killed it. And we have stopped updating the COVID timeline, actually. We kind of started to see diminishing returns. I mean, I think as 
it's sad to say, but as the big nightly numbers became normal, they kind of became less surprising. You know, we didn't have these announcements from the mayor and the governor as far as things are shutting, things are opening. Like we've been kind of news-wise pretty stagnant for a while. So we actually stopped updating the original timeline, oh gosh, maybe a month ago. Wow. And, you know, that's been my experience in my day job as well. I mean, we had so much there was so much demand in the early months of the pandemic because there were so many questions. You know, public officials were having daily press conferences, but it got to sort of a point where there was really kind of no information to share eventually. And, you know, it was like, well, if there's no news and people realize there's no news, then, you know, maybe they'll back off a bit on it. So is there anything that surprised you about the experience of using the timeline? I mean, I think we were definitely surprised that we kept seeing it on the list of stories that was influencing digital starts because our our first reaction was, well, we made it free. You don't have to pay to read this thing. And it was still showing up on, you know, the way our our metric system works. Like I said, it's just showing up as a story that, you know, in the seven days prior to subscribing, more people were reading the timeline than anything else. So that surprised us. You know, the other thing that I'm not necessarily surprised, but it, it was just a really pleasant, lovely thing, the whole newsroom embraced it. And what started as kind of a digital team project with producers really became like a kind of the the newsroom's baby. I mean, reporters knew about it, editors knew about it. They got in the habit of pushing us really quick bursts that we could add to the timeline before they would push the full story to online. Like, that's great. That is like, you know, digital first thinking, you know, I said this in the Better News piece, it could not have been more of a newsroom-wide effort. Literally, every single person in the newsroom touched that thing. Like, the reporters were the ones writing the blurbs. Of course, editors were editing the blurbs. The producers were putting it all together. That stunning photo gallery at the top is the result of our photo department. Our social media editor was, you know, pimping it out there, and our newsletter editor. I mean, it was like every single person in the newsroom had their hand on this thing, and so it was kind of nice to be able to share with everybody in, in that success. Is there anything that you would, you know, any advice you would give to a, another newsroom who might want to take this timeline approach to covering a sort of a big ongoing event? I would say start it early, start it early and keep it simple because you really have nothing to lose if it's simple. If it's not hard to update and it's not a big time suck, why not just start it the second you think there's a topic or a new situation that could fit and work in timeline form, why not? Which is what we did with the COVID vaccine, right? The COVID vaccine timeline that was kind of a bust. Who cares? Like it was a, such a small lift and we started it early. I think that that would kind of be my my one piece of advice. Start it early, keep it simple. So I've been talking to Randy Stevenson about the San Antonio Express News' COVID-19 timeline. Randy, thanks for coming on Better News. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Better News, a co-production of the American Press Institute and It's All Journalism. API's Better News Initiative offers strategies and case studies to help transform newsrooms. You can find out more about the Better News Initiative and this podcast at betternews.org.